At a crowded dinner party, a killer poisons one guest while an entire room watches. The victim seizes up immediately. Unable to speak, they place two fingers on their arm, ready to engage in a final game of charades. Is it a clue to the murder? Is it a hint at the motive? No, it's Dying Message, the detective anime mystery podcast. Welcome to Dying Message, where each week we watch detective anime along with a mystery guest. Today's case, Detective Conan Episode 19, An Elevator Murder Case. I'm your lead investigator, Noah Max Levine, but if you meet a version of me that's left-handed, that's my evil mirror twin, Enival Zam Haun. How long did that take you? You saw me write that. It took 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> it is a special day, Michael. You're my resident. You're our resident anime expert. You continue to live with me and watch a lot of anime. I guess I'm talking to you now, which is why I just introduced you. It's a special day because I think I'm getting on your tail a little bit, but Crunchyroll re-uploaded some of its Detective Conan episodes. And so if you've been listening to recent episodes, you've heard me be like, well, this is the Japanese name for this episode and the Japanese number. And here's the number where you go to find it on Crunchyroll because the numbers didn't used to match up. But as of today, when we're recording this, the numbers line up and the titles line up. So if you look for Detective Conan episode 19, an elevator murder case, it'll be on there as case closed. It'll be episode 19. It'll be called an elevator murder case and you can watch it there. I like to believe somebody who works at Crunchyroll heard me complaining and decided to fix it. I don't know. No, probably not. <laughs> but um, if you want to watch the episode before you listen to the podcast, that's where you would do it. Otherwise, strap your seatbelts because this elevator is moving at 60 miles per hour. And if we stop it, it'll explode. Not how elevators work. <laughs> how, you've never been on the um, Tower of Terror? I have. Aren't they turning it into... A Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Oh, I'm just saying that's an elevator with a seatbelt. True. Uh, Michael, what have you got for us today? <laughs> well, uh, with the advent of these 80 extra episodes on Crunchyroll, they have replaced their old Funimation files or whatever files they were using that looked like the animation file or the Funimation files to me uh, with much cleaner, uh, I guess, probably straight from the source videos, including which you will now see and possibly confused uh, a gap uh, where they show an image and continue playing some music. And nothing else happens. And that's because those are the sponsorship sponsorship messages from where the anime episodes uh, play on TV. And if you're a child of the 90s like me and you saw lots of unofficial fan subs, uh, you've probably heard this exact combination of words like fairly often and maybe even had it burned into your brain where they say, Kono bangumi wa goran no sponsor no tekyo de okurishimasu. Or this program is brought to you by the following sponsors. Uh, and that's where they say it, and they show the sponsor images, and then they go to commercials and come back. It is definitely noticeable when you watch these new uploaded versions that it's like, wait, nothing is happening. What is going on? It's, it's just frozen, and there's music, and then it picks up again. <laughs> it happens at the beginning and the end of the episode? I think so, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's like every single show does it at the beginning and the end, but I've certainly seen it in both places. Well, that's exciting. Another thing about today's episode is this is our first TV original episode of this show so we'll talk about that in a second let's let's meet our guest hi <laughs> i'm here oh no you you came in ahead of the mystery let let me tell people <laughs> but we don't know who i am yet <laughs> that's right let, let me lay out the clues for folks all right i'll keep here quiet until you're done you might have uh points of correction here but but let's let's see if they can figure it out based on your voice and the clues alone 
Our guest this episode is an improviser, a cast member of the improvised workplace comedy Smoke Break, a caged tomato waterer, and one time she solved the mystery of the tiger's roar, I've cracked the case. It's Rachel Benjamin. Hey, hey. <laughs> Obviously, those are all the things I'm known for the most in the world. So <laughs> mm. I think that should have been solved even before you got started. <laughs> well, you're a mystery guest, but if people are playing this episode anywhere that they get it, your name is on it and they knew who was the guest was going to be. So, Oh, man. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> it's funny. When you say caged tomato, no one, neither of you will get it, but I can't help but think about uh, the anime Big O because tomatoes were a gigantic metaphor mm-hmm. uh, specifically for memories Ooh. in that show. And also there was a character who was like referred to as like the caged bird. Uh, so uh, I don't know. It just popped into my head. So wait, there's a character named the caged bird and there were caged tomatoes. It's not her name. It's like, a me- it's like a way she's referred to. Uh, the character's name is Angel and she's like referred to at some point as the caged bird just cause, uh, I don't know, because she's pretty and she knows she's trapped, but she goes along with it. I don't know. Oh, no. That sounds like a sad plot. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking of uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and that you had to cage the tomatoes because they're killers. Mm. No, these are just cute little orange grape (laughs) tomatoes that are real sweet. (laughs) But they definitely are caged. About six feet tall is that cage, and it's it's a wild ride in our backyard. So... (laughs) (laughs) So, Rachel, first I want to ask you about murder mysteries. How do you feel about them? There's all different kinds, books, TV shows, movies, true crime podcasts, dinner parties, murder mystery dinner theater. Do you (laughs) engage with any of those things, like any of those things or not? I really appreciate the concept of like a dinner party being a murder mystery. So that's a that's just a nice way of thinking about it. Um, I really enjoy them as long as there's not a solid amount of jump scares. You know, as long as there's no jump scares, I'm I'm good. I'm happy to sit and watch them. But if you get that suspenseful music, someone's standing near a door that they really shouldn't be, they know they shouldn't be there. I'm out. Don't I don't want to see what's behind <laughs> that door. <laughs> so I appreciate that this was a little bit more. Uh, straightforward and telling me what to expect. I knew that something might happen somewhere specific. <laughs> like a like a classic cozy murder mystery. Yeah, exactly. I'll take that. <laughs> murder she wrote? I think that the scary like murder uh, novels would probably make me feel worse because uh, mm. then I would just want to jump to the end. I'm totally that person that ruins everything by reading the end of a book before I read the full length of it. So yeah, that would, oh, no. that would be bad. See, don't want the jump scares even in a book. Oh, Murder She Wrote isn't a book. It's about a woman who writes books. Well, whatever. <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to get at there. I did appreciate, I don't know if you guys ever watched Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the uh, real people version, not just the animated one. Yeah. But there was a oh, murder God, mystery. Oh, God, we don't talk about the animated one. Ugh, ugh. You didn't like that one? Ugh. Well, did you know that the person who played Sabrina was actually related to the person who played, like, to Melissa Joan Hart? It was another oh. one of the hearts. I didn't played. know that, no. Yeah, it was both Sabrina's. But anyway, there's a whole episode. I know, bless the hearts. It was a good episode. There was a a murder mystery on a train, and that was fun. Hmm. I was watching a bunch of that recently. Was it in the college years? It was. Yes, it was in the college years. That's why I haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. When were you watching a bunch of Sabrina the Teenage Witch? It's on Uh, Hulu. (laughs) Shortly, probably around the time we started dating. Oh, that's not that recently. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know. It's over five years ago. Anyway. I guess it all depends on your definition of recent, Mike. (laughs) 
I would say it's recently. So yeah, so that's a specific murder mystery. But it's not like you don't have like dozens of murder mysteries on your shelf and you're I do not taking them to the beach. No, no. Typically, <laughs> that is not what I take to the beach. Oh, no, wait. That statement made total sense if murder mysteries are books that you take to the beach and not concepts <laughs> that are floating through the you air. You thought I was asking if, if she was like encountering murder mysteries at the beach? I thought you were beach. being very metaphorical where you're like, oh, the, you you don't have all these like murder mysteries on your shelf. Like, Because you always <laughs> use some kind of weird metaphor here where I you're see. like, you don't have like a bunch of bags in the bin or something like that. You Although that say could something. really work. Like the case of the beach tag, the case of the missing beach towels. I mm. mean, there's room, the case of the seagull. I mean, there's there's plenty of room there for possibility. My mom is famously a big fan of murder mystery novels. And whenever she like goes on vacation somewhere, she always finds like the murder mysteries written about that beach town because there always are. Like oh, murder no. mysteries set in the Outer Banks or or whatever. <laughs> I always feel like the problem with murder mysteries in terms of when they're on TV or in books or anything is that they always choose the prettiest locations to do them. So they ruin beaches, they ruin yeah. forests. You can't go anywhere without being like, "Where's the, the murder mystery is going to be around the corner? Now I'm going to be stuck in the middle of solving it <laughs> or reporting it, probably not solving it." <laughs> That's the idea of the British. I think it's a British show, Death in Paradise, where they're like on a tropical island, and I and there's lots of murders. Have you noticed that everything that has like paradise in the title, not usually a good start. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Detective Conan has done like a, a bajillion episodes, so they've had murders probably just about everywhere. So yeah. <laughs> so don't leave your house, although it's probably in your house too. So then you really do. <laughs> So the next thing I want to ask you about, Rachel, is anime. Have you seen much or no? The only one that I can remember seeing, and I think I'm right, wasn't there a thumb? And maybe you both won't know, so it'll still be a mystery, all in keeping with the theme of today. Wasn't there a Thumbelina anime story? The uh, Secret of Arietti or something. What is it? It was something like that. I remember rewatching that. It's the borrowers, the secret world of Arietti. Yeah, that's it's a Studio Ghibli film. Is that what you're thinking of? That's so many more details than I ever would have. <laughs> Girl with uh, a red dress and like orangey brown hair and a ponytail. Girl gets like shrunk really tiny, I believe. Oh, she gets shrunk. Maybe she doesn't. But yeah, there's like a sick family member. A sick, yes, yes. Yeah. The Secret World of Arietti, yes. Yes, so that one is one that I definitely remember watching yeah. a lot of times as a kid. I remember going also to some friends' houses and Sailor Moon would be on. So I know who she is. I know what her cool ponytails mm -hmm. look like. And again, I, I don't know. Is Pokemon considered anime? Is that a Pokemon thing? Pokemon is an anime. That is an anime. Yeah. Okay, so I know what Pokemon is. I had cards. I never played them. <laughs> <laughs> I was that person that had at least like 50 cards and thought that they were just cool looking and that the animals were cute. Or I don't know if you call them animals or just Pokemon. But They're Pokemon. Pocket monsters. There you go. Pocket monsters. I thought they were really cute. And then I probably sold them at a tag sale for like $5. So I don't know about the thing that Michael was referencing, but in Googling, I I found two th Thumbelina things. So there is a 1994 American animated film called Thumbelina with a lot of animals. Yeah, that one's, I feel like, really kind of cutesy. It's like she finds like a prince and that's it. <laughs> and then there's was a Japanese series 
which had 26 episodes, but then they edited it into an 80-minute film that they released on VHS in oh. 1993. And she also has a red dress and a bow in her hair. So it would totally make sense that you could have had this 1993 VHS tape thumble. Thumbelina. That sounds really accurate. I'd be forced to ask you on a podcast how old you are. Uh, <laughs> oh, because I don't care. When yeah. you said you watched it as a child, I was like, oh my God, you're so much younger than me. Ariadne came out when I was like in my 20s. Well, I think I'm only a little bit younger than you, Mike. I'm not much younger. I'm 29. You're my age, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if it was like if it was like 20 years ago, that was before Ariadne. So you actually saw this Thumbelina thing. Okay. Hey, there she we go. She has like a red dress and like a bow. Yeah, she's actually in her kind hair. of visually similar to Ariadne from the yeah the Secret World of Ariadne. <laughs> That's so funny. Let's see. I'm gonna send a link. Her face. Her face is so pinched up. Oh my god! That's absolutely it. I don't remember how the big Robin works into it, but I think it saves her. I don't remember the, yeah, I don't remember the frog. I just, this was like a very big deal because if I remember right, the reason that I think it stuck with me is that it haunted me. I think that that family member, like, it's like her mom falls asleep and she can't seem to wake her up because she's been a complete brat. And I think it's that the world is trying to teach her to be nicer to her mom. I think that's literally the moral of the story. Yeah. Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> but it was really haunting because of the fact that she couldn't wake her mom up. And so I think I just probably watched it and with absolute horror and wanted it to be better. <laughs> <laughs> that is a pretty good description of the plot summary on Wikipedia. Hey, look at that. It's so interesting because like, yeah, they took 26 episodes of something and edited it into 80 minutes. They did that a bunch. They did that a bunch back then. Yeah. There was a weird mouse anime that they did that too that played on Nickelodeon all the time. I was never able to figure out what it was, but I know that it was a series that got smushed into a movie. The real mystery is I don't know how I ended up watching it because I only had 13 channels as a kid. So they must have like aired it on PBS or something strange. You don't think you had it on a VHS? Like no, that you I definitely didn't. We, I feel like we recorded everything on the recorded VHSs. Do you guys remember those? Yeah, when you just recorded it from your, VH, from yeah. your uh, VCR, yeah. And the secret was that um, there was a plastic tab that covered a specific indent on the bottom of the VHS, and if it had that tab, you could record over it, and if it didn't, you couldn't. And it was just, it was just a physical limitation forced on the tapes, and it wasn't anything about the tape itself. So you could just put a piece of tape on that indentation and record over anything. Whoa, that's information I didn't have before. It was like fake DRM <laughs> in an era before we had DRM. I don't even know what DRM is, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a software thing to keep you from stealing people's software or using oh. copies of software. Well, I'm clearly not stealing any software if I didn't even know what it was to do that in the first place. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so bringing two and two together the same way that uh, you might bring the two sides of an elevator seatbelt together. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Detective anime. Uh, before you watched this episode, had you ever seen any of that before? No, I hadn't, but I really enjoyed all of it. Awesome. So, um, Mike, what do, what do the people need to know about Detective Conan? Oh, boy. Detective Conan are the adventures of high school detective Shinichi Kudo, who once, when watching a mysterious deal, was attacked and forced to take a poison, which shrunk his body to that of a six-year-old child. He took up the guise of Edogawa Conan uh, and went to live with his high school sweetheart, uh, Mori Ron, and her detective father, Mori Kogoro. Uh, in order to go along on his various cases and gather more information about the men in black who attacked him. Yep, yep. And all of that is so relevant in this TV original murder mystery throwaway episode of this show. (laughs) This is the first one of the TV original episodes we've covered 
because they were adapting this from the story in the manga and they needed to come up with extra cases for the anime show to fill space because the manga is written very slowly compared to how frequently they've aired the show. (laughs) And this isn't the first episode that is a TV original, but it's the first one we've covered on the podcast. So the very first thing at the start of the episode is the song, which is still the same song. Mm -hmm. But Rachel, you said you had like a fun time reading the lyrics. Yeah, I think as even though I didn't know what Murder, She Wrote was, I still am an English major at heart. And I think that I always (laughs) love to analyze lyrics to things. And I just really enjoy reading them. I, I love that line that they said of just like the things I tried to understand as a child remain a mystery, even as an adult. I thought that was great. And 100% true. (laughs) But yeah, I thought that it was just a fun start to it all to try and understand what was about to happen, which didn't help at all. (laughs) Um, But I I appreciate that the character has a lot of heart. (laughs) Having done Damn Yankees, there's nothing wrong with having a lot of heart. Throw it to the musical theater world for a minute. But yeah, I, I liked that introduction a lot. What about the music or did you notice any visuals? I mean, there was a lot of lot of running. Yeah. <laughs> um, and seeing that de-aging aspect of it. I will admit that the actual images that flashed didn't necessarily mean as much without context. <laughs> you also ha- kind of have to choose between reading the lyrics or like paying close attention to what's visually happening. It's true. This is the problem. I, I watch most things even that are in English with subtitles. So I think I often end up reading the subtitles more often <laughs> anyway. So this is like a very nice self-contained episode. We we pretty much know who the murderer is from the beginning because there are real, well, I guess there are seven characters if you count the police detective who comes in. So we have our main trio. We have Conan, Ron, and Kogoro. What did you make of them throughout the episode? Um, Conan, of course, being the shrunken form of Shinichi Kudo, the shrunken detective. Ron being the girl and Kogoro <laughs> being her father, the detective. Ron is a karate champion. Well, I felt bad that the dad was kind of mean to Conan. I couldn't believe he, he, he slapped him. And I was like, wait, that's not your, I, I mean, the, you, how? Like what? That's not cool. <laughs> um, so I also felt like he wasn't that great of a detective. He was just so infatuated by it. No, he was so infatuated <laughs> that he didn't. First of all, they felt the need to bring in another detective. That, clearly should be noted that there was a detective already on site that they already brought in someone else. He's a private eye, whereas Inspector Megare is with the police department. Which happens because there was a murder. Yeah, although it was stated within the first five seconds that he's a detective. I mean, but I also felt like he was so easily mollified by the idea that this person had nothing to do with it. And I, I really enjoyed Conan's investigation instead. Yes, in addition to his general uh, inability to actually be a detective, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he is also often portrayed as when a potential murderer or criminal is a, a attractive female, he'll just be like, yep, she's innocent. <laughs> I was very pleasantly surprised by how tame his like flirtation slash interests in this fashion because designer Because this is work. an older woman. He's usually very horny about younger women. That's yeah, how Kogoro works. He sometimes gets very <laughs> unpleasant in his behavior towards women. And here he, he was like totally about her, but like not super, you know, no eyes popping out of his head or whatever. He was more of like a big fan. Mm-hmm. You could see it, it looked more like someone who was just, they had met their idol yeah. rather than being completely infatuated and kind of gross about it. 
I appreciated that. I also felt really sad, though, that, I mean, I don't think this is too much of a spoiler. I felt bad that Ron, like, had this great job opportunity and it gets thwarted <laughs> really fast. Let's talk about this because <laughs> this is one of the first things I wrote down. How did Ron get this opportunity? The episode starts. She's a karate on champion. A bus. Yes, but this is a fashion shoot. It's like the... It just—it's like the. I would say if you're the karate fashion, you're the karate, the high school karate champion of Tokyo. You end up in a fashion magazine. Someone's gonna be like, people might know you. Yeah. Okay. She could be on a cereal box. Why not? They're just like, oh yeah, I just got this opportunity to go be a model for this fashion line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they, the way they talk to each other, it's like they've known each other or they're friends. The way she talks (laughs) to the fashion designer, but it's like, was she just recruited? How did this happen? Mm -hmm. I agree. Mostly to get them to this murder mystery. That's why it happened, to get them here. <laughs> yeah, get them into the room where it all happened. <laughs> also, you like you do wonder, like, how much did she care about Ron being a model? Because she, like, clearly invited her here on a day she intends to commit murder. <laughs> yes, I thought about that, too. Why are we inviting people to the scene of the crime? Literally, like you just and- need a rando to witness uh, your innocence? I think that's it, because the building is going to be completely empty. It's a Saturday or a Sunday. It is both a Sunday and a holiday. It's both a Sunday and a holiday. So it's a 15-story office building, but there's six people inside at the time of the murder, which lets her really control what goes on. But she also needs people there to establish her supposed alibi. Hmm. All right. That does make some sense, I suppose. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But but you're right. It's like like either Ron was there because she needed an alibi or Ron was there because she thought that she was actually going to be a fashion model and wanted to give her that opportunity, but you can't do both. Yeah. I mean, couldn't they just have, I don't know, couldn't she have waited till like after the photo shoot or something? Like poor (laughs) Ron. I mean, that's That's a bad day. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, the president of the company isn't going to be there after the fact if she gets caught to see through things. So it's like, what's the difference to her? (laughs) That's true. That is true. I also sort of felt like... (laughs) At least the, I don't know how much we can say at this point, but just the one of the lines of, I knew that your dad was a detective and I still didn't have a change in conscience. I was just like, dang, that is commitment to what you had planned for the day. (laughs) So yeah, the way the episode is structured, actually the first thing we see, even before we see Ron and Kogoro and Conan on the way to the fashion shoot, is we see her and we see her face. And when this show doesn't want you to see someone's face, they just animate the person as like a shadow so that you can't see them. So they wanted us to know it was her. She um, takes a pair of sneakers out of her big bag, gets out of her high heels into the sneakers and like walks down the hallway on a specific path towards an elevator and back out. And you can see that she's like left these distinct footprints on the ground. And so already at that point, you're like, okay, she is up to something. And they don't, until the end really confirm that she is the murderer but it's like okay they wouldn't have shown us that if she's not the murderer right right i wasn't sure though i will have i will admit i did have that moment where i was just sort of wondering what is she doing because of all the, <laughs> those footprints pattern was not one of any type of interest like it just didn't make any sense there was no logic or rhyme or reason to it um, and I almost sort of did wonder if they were going to show her looking all menacing and switching shoes and then have it pivot to someone completely different. Mm. Um, but yeah. I think if there had been like two or three more characters, maybe. Then it probably would have been longer than, what, 23 minutes? <laughs> yeah, we didn't have anyone else to be guilty. It's like, it's the security guard. He did it. Yeah. So that woman who we saw, her name, who we saw doing the shoe swap, her name is uh, Shia Eko. 
So Aiko is a woman who has a fashion company, but their recent fashion show was canceled because a rival company had a very similar clothing line appear out of nowhere. And right away, it seems like, hmm, did somebody leak their designs to a rival company? Dun, dun, dun. I feel like that's very uh, 13 going on 30. <laughs> <laughs> Just bringing, out, bringing that out there. I mean, I would watch a live action version of this with uh, Meryl Streep being her Devil Wears Prada self. Oh my God, yes, please. I would absolutely take that. <laughs> Any day. Anime with Meryl Streep. That's that's a market that's not Oh, she's into. done voices for Disney productions of Studio Ghibli films. I'm absolutely certain. Has she? Meryl. Not, see, none of my ideas are original. There you go. Was she one of the voices in... <laughs> well, that was explicitly the problem here where someone was stealing someone else's fashion ideas, but... See, there Come you on, go. didn't Nothing's she? original. <laughs> Maybe she didn't. I thought I remembered that she had, but it's... Mike, make it happen. Hmm. I mean, there certainly were people of that caliber, and if anybody else is of that caliber. <laughs> no, I guess not. I thought I had memory of that being the case. Hmm. I mean, I the person that I know did a Studio Ghibli voice, why do I know this, was Jillian Anderson, a.k.a. Scully. A.k.a. isn't she also the one from The Crown? Is she on The Crown? Wasn't Jillian Anderson the one who played Margaret Thatcher? Did I make that up? I believe it. But I haven't seen The Crown, so. <gasps> no, one day we'll have to have a talk about that when we're not discussing Detective Anne. <laughs> so right when they walk into the fashion building, it's not a very fashionable building, but it's a building with fashion offices in it. <laughs> not even close to be seen, if I remember right. <laughs> they see Aiko for the first time, and Conan is uh, suspicious of her purse. Right, because she's a fashion uh, designer and she's got a big old mom bag. <laughs> and they're like, are big clunky bags fashionable? I know, it was kind of funny that he was suspicious of her bag already. I was like, dude, I mean, how? How do you know? <laughs> you just walked in. He's played up, especially in the earlier episodes, as having that Sherlock Holmes sort of notice when something is weird about your uh, character mm-hmm. or yeah. notice random things about you. He's just on the lookout. Everywhere he goes, there's going to be a murder. So it's good to be paying attention. <laughs> and this bit at the beginning when they introduce them, and it, it is weird that Kogoro and Conan came because they really didn't need to, but they both insisted for some reason, for some separate reasons. But uh, as soon as she says that her father is Mori Kogoro, Eiko recognizes that that's the name of the famous detective, which means he's starting to become more famous because when the show started 20 episodes ago, nobody really knew who he was. Hmm. Until Conan started solving mysteries for him. Yeah, as we see in this episode. And suddenly she's trapped in the vortex. Uh, we had an episode like this in Detective Academy Q uh, of just, I'm about to commit a murder and I've now... Hanging out with detectives. Oh, well. (laughs) We also did one of these alibi ones. Um, The Tankaichi Festival murder case was kind of like this, Mm -hmm. where you see the murder happen and then they crack it. Well, we don't see it in this one, but we see some of the setup. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We also meet at this time Tanaguchi Mika, who is her not very nice assistant. (laughs) Any thoughts on the appearance of these two characters, Eiko or Mika? I enjoyed it. <laughs> she was just like, it's Saturday. I'm leaving soon. <laughs> and it was just so bluntly stated that I am trying to quit and I'm quitting right after this. It was just such a fun, delightful, obvious setup for what was good about what was about <laughs> to happen. If there was any doubt yeah. at the beginning, mm-hmm. it kind of was gone away by that point. 
you said the the secretary or the assistant's name is Aiko. No, no, the the that's main the lady designer. is Aiko. No, I knew that. Yeah, what's her name though? Mika. Mika, that's it. Uh, Mika had what I would call uh, '90s fashion hair. Uh, just her haircut was very much like what you would think. Like, what's the fashionable haircut for the night? Oh yeah, that's it. Okay, thank you. It was fairly long. <laughs> Both of them Swished. had makeup on, different mm-hmm. kind of coordinated color coordinated outfits. I felt like um, the fashion designer was very, very tall. Like they needed to, for some reason, like show that she was just this giant. Like, and and also she never changed her clothes. But between when she walked around in circles, at least if they had had her change clothes, I wouldn't have maybe thought that she was the one that we were going to see later. But I was like, wait, I literally just saw her set something up. So mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, she also didn't change her clothes after potentially doing a murder, which is interesting. Mm. No, mm. she didn't. Hmm. Hmm. So this isn't inherently suspicious, but I'm starting. You're starting to go like, okay, someone's putting something into play here because she's like, you three wait down here. I'm going to send Mika up to the eighth floor and I'm going to go to the 15th floor. And she even like goes over and presses the elevator button for Mika and then presses her own elevator button. And it's like, it's, is she up to something? Although, can we just talk about how weird these elevators are? Like, did anyone yeah, else think weird. about that? <laughs> they are set up almost like for this specific purpose. It's exactly. pretty wild. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> there's the science behind the elevators where they were breaking it down. Go up to these. This one goes up to the eighth. This one goes up to the fifteenth. This one comes down after that in individual <laughs> steps. This one goes up in individual. Yeah, I steps. have the specifics written down. Uh, there's three elevators. The first one, no one uses. The middle one is the one that goes straight to the eighth floor and won't stop before the eighth floor. And then the third but then one goes, it goes floor to floor up to the fifteenth, right? Yeah, and then the the next one goes up to the fifteenth and won't won't stop on the way to the fifteenth. But I think that one comes down one to one to one to one. There was some really bizarre logistics. The the third one that nobody uses in this is probably just a standard elevator, and all we know is it doesn't go to the fifteenth because only the other two elevators go to the fifteenth floor. I just really appreciated the extent that they took, like the time that was taken to break these elevators down. In my, in my work building, we have two sets of elevators and one of them, uh, they skip floors two through 10 and go through 11 and eight, 11 through 18 and the other that's set pretty common, the other yeah. floors. But that's like way less complicated. Yeah, that makes more <laughs> sense. <laughs> that's kind of what's going on here. The other thing about it is like, yeah, we, we don't learn all that information that we just repeated right now. There's like some of it that they repeat during the investigation later. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like you just want someone to come out and give us an elevator lecture so that we know how everything <laughs> is going to work. Also, not safe elevators, no seatbelts. <laughs> I do enjoy the callback to that, Noah. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, right. And they lear- while the folks are up top, they're gossiping a little bit. They learned that Mika submitted a letter of resignation and is going to be leaving soon. Ron has to wait there while the other two go to the bathroom and then don't wash their hands and have to go back to the bathroom. <laughs> also, them going to the bathroom was just so hilarious. I liked how they had them do the same exact body language in the way that the cartoons were drawn. Yeah. And they both do it like a little child who needs to pee and neither of them is a child. So, <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> Technically speaking. And also just like the sheer panic and how quickly this happens. Exactly. It's not just like, I just need to use the bathroom very casually. It's... A very intense moment. <laughs> but really, they're just filling the time because then Aiko runs down and like calls the security guard over. And, and we're she's told so bad at her fake drama. <laughs> she's like, oh, my God, I just tried to call my assistant on her, on her cell phone and she didn't answer. Security guard, come with me. We need to go find her. And it's, he's like, what? She, <laughs> didn't, she didn't answer? What? Okay. We're what? also told later <laughs> that this is literally like two minutes after she got into the elevator to head upstairs. 
So it's like, why are you so worried already? Also, they went to the bathroom twice, like very quickly. Well, they're men. They pee. They're done. (laughs) They didn't wash their hands. It's still pretty quick to walk in there. Yeah. That's a plug to make right here and now. Wash your hands, boys. Wash your (laughs) hands. Please. Please wash them. Everyone. Everybody. If you sprinkle when you tinkle, please be neat and wash the seat. Thank you. I have one I've had multiple jobs where that was a sign posted in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) So they also are like, okay, should we go check on Mika? And they look at her elevator and it is stuck on the eighth floor and not moving. So they have to use a different elevator to go up to the eighth floor. And sorry, Mika. Oh, I skipped one thing, which mm-hmm. I didn't write down the first time it came up, but did later, which is that Ron walked in with a bouquet of flowers, which she gave to Aiko, and Aiko took upstairs with her. And then mm-hmm. she doesn't come back with the flowers. Kind of random. Yeah, it's pretty random. She had a bouquet. Oh, my God. You're giving me a model job. Here is a bouquet of flowers. Like, I know. Like, I don't think that's a normal custom for anyone, right? So there was that business with the bouquet of flowers that happened a little while ago. Mm -hmm. But when they get up to the eighth floor, what do they find? A sprawled out human. (laughs) Mana, you say? Yeah, Mika is dead. Yeah, with a knife in her heart, too. Mm -hmm. Pretty brutal. I would like, I I think they, they basically had her laying on the, like, halfway in the elevator, halfway in the hallway. Uh-huh. And, like, the elevator was just standing open. But I'm pretty sure if it was a real elevator in reality, it would be closing, uh, like, on her and opening and closing on her and opening. I was like, just repeatedly. about to say that. <laughs> where was, where? how was it? Was it stopped on her or was it all no, the way it's open? No, bro- it's open. And, and yeah, the- it's just completely open. But in, yeah, the, I think yeah, it would I be th- boop, 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 boop. Yeah, and the penny's been removed from, or whatever coin oh, it that's, was. That's later. That's oh, a different floor. <laughs> My experience being in a building that had elevators and, and lots and lots of floors and the mm-hmm. elevators would often break is that once the elevator realizes something's wrong, it just keeps the doors open. Hmm. So it did that a bunch of times before they got there, probably. Probably, yeah. It probably <laughs> tried to close. It might not even have tried to close because it would have just known that someone was standing in there. Mm-hmm. But it would have been like, oh, someone's been standing here for two minutes. And then it someone has to come out and fix it. Ouch. <laughs> My experience of elevators. But those were not good elevators. This mm. is definitely not a good elevator. <laughs> no. I mean, bad things don't happen in good elevators. True. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true either. <laughs> so she's she is, and her um her feet are in the elevator, and her head is in the hallway. Is and she's face up is the mm-hmm. way that she's fallen. So right. that they see the knife in her chest. Mm-hmm. And Aiko is also like, "Hey, look at these footprints on the floor that we know that she made, <laughs> and they're just they're so silly. They're so obvious and deliberate and silly. Dust from the emergency stairs. A robber snuck inside and killed her. Look, they came from the emergency stairs and they walked over and they killed her and then they walked back out. Look, look at these footprints. Um, and also, Conan sees that when she goes over to unfreeze the elevator, she like wipes off the elevator button. That was so ridiculous. <laughs> just like this, the thumb. Oh my god! I, when she wiped the elevator button with her thumb, I was just like, "Really? You can't do better than that, lady? Come on!" <laughs> I'd like. I would have liked if she like pulled out like a little rag and a little bottle of spray and was just like, yes. "Oh, excuse me." Let me Windex for a minute, please. I notice these have a lot of grime. Yeah, no, I know. It was just such a, like, the, also, wouldn't you have a thumbprint if you cleaned it with yeah, your thumb? Yeah, but it, basically, as long as she wipes away the one she doesn't want them to find, it doesn't matter if they find her thumbprint on there. Mm. So, so far, we've really only had six characters, if you include the security guard, whose name is Ada and doesn't do much. 
So the seventh character comes in along with some other police people in the background because they called this in. And uh, the guy with the hat and the mustache is Megure, who is in charge of murders in Tokyo so that he's around a lot. He just he, he doesn't do anything too notable in this. So I don't know that we need to say much more about him. <laughs> he's just there to be the police at a scene of a murder. Yeah. Yeah, he just sort of takes the lead on whatever anyone else tells him to believe. <laughs> A couple other things about the murder. So they say a knife went through her heart and killed her instantly. Because the footprints are so big, they think they're probably from a man. 26 inches long. A woman has feet 26 centimeters big. That's a man. centimeters. Yeah. Well, that is 10 inches of feet. Hey, one of my family members has um, 11, like size 11 feet. So anything's possible. You would just be like, the murderer had big feet and she doesn't have big feet and you don't have to comment on... Uh, gender right. and things that society has decided about people like women have Correct. tiny feet, which is a problematic thing in an Asian culture where foot wrapping, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, <laughs> all good points. Mike. Did they do foot wrapping in Japan? No, I don't think so. Well, then why are you conflating multiple Asian cultures? I'm not conflating them. I'm just saying it's a problematic thing uh, yeah. to think about women because they don't necessarily have small feet. So yeah. don't make them harm themselves. I agree. Or feel bad. That is a poor societal standard. That is true. He also is the only one to like lean into her body and notice some important clues about her jacket, that it has a blood stain on the shoulder and like that the back of the right shoulder is pinched in. How could a fashion woman have a wrinkle on her jacket going to the job she doesn't care about? How dare she? (laughs) The ironing comment I thought was a little (laughs) curious. Also, wouldn't in theory... Like, wouldn't that have been on both sides to your point, Mike, that if the elevator doors had shut at any point, like, squished on both sides? Oh, uh, well, it wasn't, it, that wasn't the reason it was creased. That that probably didn't happen. I just could picture that happening and it'd be very, like, grimly comical that a corpse is getting the doors, like, close open, close open. That is grimly comical. <laughs> yeah. So this is the point where Kogoro really demonstrates that he doesn't know what's going on because he explains how a robber broke in and... He went up to the eighth floor and just happened to run into her and killed her, which Mm. is exactly what someone wants us to think. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, yeah, it wouldn't be possible for her to do the murder because she didn't have time. She only took two minutes and she was up on the 15th floor and she was killed on the eighth floor. And there's no time to like call an elevator up and go down and up or, you know, her elevator didn't go to the eighth floor. What was she going to do? And Conan's like, I'm going to go investigate and just walks (laughs) away. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he, he has to climb on a trash can to get the elevator. Yeah, at this point, they're already so tired of trying to chase Conan around. Kogoro's just like, eh, let him go. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so he finds two clues up on the 15th floor. Oh, I have like a bunch of things written down. <laughs> so much pollen. <laughs> Excessive amounts of pollen. Well, the first thing he finds is that they have nice carpeting, to which I say here in the current era... You do not ever put carpeting in a public building, like ever. No office building is going to have carpet on the floor. I did write down they have fancy carpeting. Yes, it was of a maroon color. We're abandoning carpets as a society, I feel like. And goodbye, I say, because carpets are a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. I don't even mind the fact that they're getting rid of like carpeted seats on the bus. That's fine. Like, let's just Ugh. get rid of all types of carpet. Yeah, I want my bus seats to be easy to like bleach. <laughs> <laughs> between uses (laughs) yeah i also wrote down that they had fancy carpets and then there's the thing about the pollen like Mm -hmm. there was a spot of pollen between the two elevators as well as the flower petal yeah which is in the opposite direction from where the woman's office is where we find the rest of the bouquet Mm -hmm. 
the, the what was the thing you were saying before so the about the elevator button oh the, well there was tape on it yeah there were tape marks like making an x over the elevator button from the elevator that uh mika had been in but this was on right. the 15th floor where she wasn't we get a nice pre-commercial break clue summary by conan of these are the clues that you need and then when we come back from commercial break we get to solve the mystery solve the mystery is that our catchphrase is it? No. <laughs> should we all should we all say it in unison? Because it sounded fun. <laughs> it's just fun to chant things, I think. Agreed. <laughs> so there's four things in his clue summary. Mm-hmm. It was the way the body was oriented in the elevator with its feet sticking in and face sticking out, the blood stain on the and the crumpled jacket, the flower petal and pollen on the ground, and the tape marks on the fifteenth floor button. So now I think we should do a commercial break while we let our listeners try to solve the mystery. So for this commercial break, I will just recommend that you get a cable subscription. Oh wait, Noah, don't do it yet. Uh, <laughs> now you can do the commercials. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say um, Comcast is a great company. They will sell you a cable subscription and you can turn that on and you can find commercials on almost any channel. Ooh, don't advertise Comcast on her. We live in Philadelphia. Podcast. We are <laughs> legally obligated to promote Comcast's interests. I don't know if that's true. Don't do that. <laughs> I am just expressing that Comcast is a great, great corporation. It's great when you live in a place and they're the only option and you just have to accept their prices for internet and television. No, you don't no, have no, any no. We don't like entertainment monopolies in our city. <laughs> Although I will say the big bummer to not having cable, if you don't have cable, we have cable purely for this reason, is that basic cable that you get with using a little antenna doesn't include abc so you can't get jeopardy as easily fun fact so abc is actually on the airwave airwaves it's just super hard to get it in philadelphia and i think it's because of like exactly the, where it's coming from and the mountains or something it's yeah it's classically hard to get abc is the philadelphia abc like deep in the mountains and i don't like know in a hidden I, temple somewhere i've been dealing with it since i was like four so you'd think i would have googled it at some point but i never have you you should you should have googled something when you were a child in the no since then i've been i'm, I'm, I'm not an old person <laughs> with the capability of doing that now <laughs> before the you were a child before the invention of google mm-hmm. we all we all were childs before the invention of google we were all childs child. we all were <laughs> julia's even Oy. All right, let's come back from our commercial break. We're back. <laughs> I caught that, Noah. I'll make you. A, I'll make you a French omelet later. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> oh, that's it. I like that very much. I've watched <laughs> Julia and Julia too many times to count, and I even liked watching when somebody had the uh, um, the daring to make it just Julia Child's story. It lasted online for about five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cute! They did a they did a recut of the film. Yes, they got rid of all of Julie Powell's part, which was very fun. But I think Julia Childs is just more delightful. Anytime she can talk about butter and eggs, I will listen to it. <laughs> oh, if totally. You freeze the butter before you put it in the egg. Anyway, go ahead. And there's an entire chapter on eggs. Next. Well, that was that was your secret for a French omelet: is you freeze the butter and put frozen butter in the omelet instead of buttering the pan, so that it melts yep. as it cooks and you don't burn. I anything. didn't know until Ooh. yesterday what a um. Oh God, what is it? Chicken, what's the chicken that has a stick of butter in it that's rolled around a stick of butter? What? It's a, oh, a six, don't know if a I like the sound dish. of that. Don't wrap a chicken around something. That sounds painful for the chicken. Butter inside. Is it butter chicken? chicken? I don't know. No. <laughs> it is 
Sounds like a really sad corn dog variation. I, I can't Google it because all I get is Indian chicken butter chicken. Chicken Kiev. Oh, yeah. Chicken Kiev. No, but, oh. you, but you wrap the chicken around. You put you stuff cheese in the middle of chicken Kiev. Oh, oh, it's like, a, like uh, it's like a chicken cordon bleu without ham. Sure. But butter is also supposed to come out. Well, I think it's because most things taste good with butter. Yeah. That's just, that's just factual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or butter subs if you can't eat butter. So I think chicken Kiev is actually a pretty good metaphor for the rest of this episode. <laughs> is because it? if you if you cut into chicken Kiev, the butter comes out. It ooze out. And if you cut into the rest of this episode, the solution to the murder just comes oozing out. Ooh, lots of use of the word ooze in a couple of minutes. <laughs> well, it's time to reveal the secret of the ooze. Oh, Noah. Oozing now. <laughs> We're just oozing with the story. <laughs> have you even seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2? Secret of I the think ooze, I Noah? have. <laughs> Isn't the ooze purple? No, that's Ivan Ooze from the Power Rangers movie. The Ooze is green. Well. Oh, the sad reality, I haven't seen either Power Rangers or the Ninja Turtles, I'm sorry to say. The only cartoon that I was really watching as a kid consistently was Arthur. Those are both live action movies. See, there you go. (laughs) Nope, nope. I had 13 channels and those were not ones I was watching on them. So there you go. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live action? The movies. You haven't seen those movies Wait, if you think there they're are, animated. Hold on. There are ninja mutant whatever. There's turtles that are ninjas that are cartoons. The main things were yes. cartoons. And yes. then the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a Saturday morning cartoon. The movies were live action. Okay, but I feel vindicated that there were cartoons. And weren't the Power Rangers also cartoons no, at some point? Never. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I was busy watching Arthur on PBS, so <laughs> that gives you some indication as to my hobbies as a small person. Speaking of Saturday morning cartoons, Aiko is ego to get out of there, probably so she can go watch cartoons because it's, it's, it's a holiday and it's a weekend. Well, <laughs> Sunday Sunday cartoons. Actually, Sunday a lot of anime cartoons. airs on Sundays because it's the only day kids off have, have off from school. But- there you go. That's what I'm saying. Maybe Aiko wants to go home to watch cartoons. But Conan uh, believes she has some evidence that she can destroy and is like, I cannot let her leave the building. And Kogoro has just been like, I'm going to walk you out of the building. Um, and this is a very common trick, especially early on in the show, what he does here, Rachel. So he uses two of his gadgets. Okay. I thought that he just like sort of... Yeah, what was your interpretation of what happened? My interpretation was he just sort of like, I don't know. I sort of thought that he just like stuck him with something that like knocked him out. That was really yeah. it. I didn't, yeah. yeah. I mean, It's a dart that comes out of his watch. A dart. That's That would be the operative word for the thing that I'm thinking of, a dart. Yeah. But yeah, I, I thought what was so funny though is that... I guess it has to be this way, but no one questioned the fact that this person is now permanently slumped over, (laughs) is not moving their mouth at all. (laughs) So as time passes by, they often make jokes where things are happening that he can't react to. And also he becomes referred to as the sleeping Kogoro because this happens so often people actually Mm. notice it. And it's like, oh, it's just the pose he takes when he's deducing. Okay. Okay. I did appreciate the fact that uh, he says, oh, no, because he knows exactly what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Not again. And then Conan uses his voice changing bow tie Mm -hmm. to sound like him. Oh, see, I thought that he was just holding the bow tie to hide that he was speaking. I didn't realize it was an actual gadget. That Mm -hmm. makes more sense. Yeah, he's not quite a brilliant voice changing artist. You never know. That could have just been a really cool skill. But I did like this comic moment. And they often have to do this where when Conan takes over and starts explaining for Kogoro, he has to reverse something that he just said because he was wrong. And so here he's like, 
he had just said, let me escort you out of the building. And then so when he takes over, he says, is what I would say, but I cannot allow you to leave. (laughs) And that stupid thing I said earlier, that was a trick to get you off your guard. (laughs) (laughs) You are the murderer. There's a fun music sting when he says he's the murderer. She's the murderer. And the screen goes blue for a second. I enjoyed that. I felt like they had very like jazzy music through all of this. It felt like a lot of nice music that you'd get stuck on the phone on hold with for the clues reveal. I've been known to listen to this show's soundtrack at various points in my life. There's, I yeah, mean, sometimes you can't go wrong with some good soundtracks to things when you're doing work. More than half of my Spotify playlist, and that's a conservative estimate, is anime music. So, <laughs> yeah, but a lot of that is anime openings, which have lyrics, and this is like you know, sad uh, jazz. Oh, no, but I'm with you on that. I mean, I, I listen to, I'd probably say half my Spotify playlists are just movie soundtracks just mm-hmm. because they're the easiest to work along to because you don't get distracted by lyrics. Yeah, I like lyricless music for work times. Well, it is a nice thing about like um, anime soundtracks for me is I don't know Japanese almost at all. There you go. Like you can hear people speaking, but it, doesn't quite catch you. <laughs> yeah, I have. I it depends what mood my brain is in. Sometimes I'm just like passively like it's just sounds. Sometimes I'm like, I know what that means. I recognize that. Now I'm paying attention. What else do I know? Like my, I have different levels of engagement. And then you sing along, and everyone in the office goes. Some some of them I've heard too much, and I know those syllables even if I don't know what they mean. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm saying is mune ga doki doki date. Okay, go ahead. So yes, Aiko did it. It wasn't the security guard. It wasn't a robber. It wasn't Baby Yoda. I don't know. It wasn't Ron, yeah. <laughs> the other people in the buildings. It wasn't some mystery escape artist that ran through the uh, the back stairs. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the it's what we all knew, knew was coming, even if we... I had like previewed this episode a little bit by reading some of it, and I still wasn't 100% on how all of the pieces came together in the trick that she did, mm-hmm. even though I essentially knew what it was. Mm. So it was nice to have that go through the explanation, and I think it's a pretty thorough, well-delivered detective explanation. Firstly, we knew that Eiko came to the building earlier, and then she like had left to go get coffee and came back into the building to meet them. And it's just like, yeah, she came in early. She did those footprints. We saw her do the footprints. They didn't. And it was all to create the story about the robber. And of course, the footprints aren't even great because if you're a robber and you murder someone, you'd probably be running, not walking and having your feet very close together. (laughs) Your 26 inch length feet. (laughs) Yeah. And they call back to the fact that she called the center elevator for Mika, even though they weren't close because she needed Mika to be in the center elevator. And then basically just like when she got off the elevator on the 15th floor was called her on her phone. They both have cell phones, which is actually kind of surprising because this is 1997. They're they're fancy business ladies. They're fancy business ladies. Well, they are in a fancy business. Mm-hmm. And they're ladies. <laughs> well, do you do, Snow? <laughs> um, so Mika comes up to see her on the 15th floor. And she also at this point tapes a button over the tapes a coin over the button on the elevator on the 14th floor close mm. so the doors wouldn't close the 15th yeah that part didn't seem super necessary to me but i believe that that was functional and important and then from the fact that the body was positioned like it had fallen out of the elevator they are like it wasn't that she opened the door and saw someone there who stabbed there so what happened was she stabbed her on the 15th floor dragged her into the elevator turned her around so that she was inside the elevator sitting back against the door and then it closed on her jacket and crunched it up 
And then when she got down to the eighth floor, it opened up and she fell out. Oh, no. The reason that she taped the coin to the, the call button on the 15th floor is that so that when she went back up to that to take it down, no one else could have summoned it and it was there for her so she could rush right into it. I see. So it prevents anyone from interfering and it also prevents it from not being there. Also, it makes it look like she hasn't left the 15th floor, which she hasn't. Also, the pollen from the flowers was on the floor in a spot that she wouldn't have passed if she had gone straight out the elevator door and into the office. Also, she wouldn't have set flowers on the floor unless she was doing something. Maybe she dropped them. Maybe... Maybe she was looking for a vase, Mike. (laughs) Let me set these by the elevator and go get a vase. (laughs) (laughs) Fill us some water. It's just an additional thing to make them think. It's not an actual piece of evidence. So it's fine if it has other explanations. It's a piece of evidence. I like that he put the petal back into the bouquet also. <laughs> Thereby destroying the evidence. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, so when Mika went up to the 15th floor, she had to press the button on the 8th floor. And that's why she wiped off the 8th floor button so that mm-hmm. nobody knew that Mika had pressed that button. And obviously, she must have worn gloves and they're in her purse because she hasn't had time to dispose of them. Pretty good. Pretty solid. What is the motive? Her uh, secretary is the one who sold the designs to a rival company. Yeah, that wasn't much of a surprise either. No. <laughs> and she's quitting. It was just sort of, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it was pretty obvious in the way they laid that up. Um, and this is the moment where she's like, you got me. I'm just going to tell you everything. Can't escape. You've got bloody gloves in your giant uh, purse. Giant your mom purse. purse. Yeah. Yeah, I did like that moment you talked. She's you, quaking. <laughs> I like that moment you called out earlier, Rachel, which is as she's explaining this, she's like, Oh, yeah, you were here, the detective, and I was. I realized it was risky, but I was like, nope, I still want to murder Somehow, person. no, it has yeah. only just occurred to me, but this is possibly one of the first episodes where you've neglected to mention any of the dub names, possibly because we've escaped from the shadow of the dub. I usually do that at the end. Oh, okay. Because uh, uh, our guest shares a name with Ron's crappy dub name. Well, I don't usually mention that <laughs> she's called Rachel. Rachel Moore, yeah. Rachel Moore in the English f- version. Mm-hmm. Ron oh, Mori. Yeah, the, in the original dub that they did a few years ago, they tried to English up all the names to make it like less oh, no. complicated. I guess. Even though Ron is one syllable, and Rachel's two. Yeah. If you want me to do this now, <laughs> well, they also kind of pretend it's the U.S., but whatever. Yeah. Eko Ashia in in the English version was called Laurel Hollerand, and Tanaguchi Mika was Megan Klaus. No. Like Claus, like Mrs. Claus. Mm-hmm. And Ada, the security guard, was Alan, the security guard. Oh, thanks, Alan. <laughs> that's fine. Good old that Alan. That one I like only because that sounds accurate. That's such a security, security guard, guard name. name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be good as a security guard name, security guard dog. Like, it'd be like a perfect, like, security, any active thing. Like, a system, a security system. Like, we use Alan's security system in this building. <laughs> Alan just works. Mm-hmm. Alan does. He works as a security guard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, the other thing that Aiko mentions is she's like, I needed to kill her before she left the company. That's like, okay. Yeah, that was that was a bold move. It's like I wouldn't have as clean an opportunity. So, oh, because this is maybe like her last time. Like she called her in special. So this mm-hmm. is like her last opportunity, maybe. Yeah. The- Although in theory, she's leaving the company. She's not even going to be able to steal more stuff. Like she literally did that, quit. So it's not like she could take any other designs. She's leaving the place where she stole designs from. It's just pure vengeance, yeah. I didn't write all of this down. There was something she said here that was about like, I wouldn't be able to like come clean with this because it would embarrass our company. 
That was, it was <laughs> like something, reveal. it was something that, uh, yeah, that the murdered secretary had said to her, like, you could go to the police, but it'll just shame your company publicly that I was able to do this. And now everybody knows, and you're a murderer. Good <laughs> job. Right, so your company's really not going to do so well after this. Sorry. Oops. We get the credits and then two little things <laughs> happen after the credits. Did you stick around for the post credit scene? Yeah. When they realize where dad is. <laughs> <laughs> That one I got. Still just passed out in the lobby. She did actually say she really did want Ron to be a model. Yeah. She probably pivoted this, like, she maybe had asked her originally and then had to use her to set this up, maybe. So at some point, she did actually want Ron to be a model because she has a healthy mind and body. Although, poor Ron. I mean, I wouldn't know how to feel if someone was like, oh, by the way, this is my opinion of you, but I also did this awful, horrible thing. Right? Yeah, not so good. It's all over the place. So that's it. We did it. We mm-hmm. we solved the elevator murder case. We solved it. Mm-hmm. It's all us. <laughs> so, and um, the next episode that they are teasing at the end of this one is the haunted house murder case, which we will be covering as a festive seasonal thing in the month of October. Uh, so that we're we're doing some other stuff in the meantime that we'll tell you about shortly. But if you come back on October eighteenth, you can hear all about the haunted mansion murder case. And uh, learn about the elastic suspenders. (laughs) That's definitely the reason to come back for Mm -hmm. the suspenders. Gotta learn about the suspenders. Come for the suspenders. Stay for the haunted mansion. Although, if I'm not mistaken, Noah, the episode that airs after this one already has liberal use of the suspenders anyway. The episode that airs after this one is the haunted house murder case. Oh, Oh, you mean the episode of our podcast? Yes. That's correct. And the yes, next episode okay. of our podcast, we will be talking about the suspenders because it's a movie that was released 20 years from when this was released. But as long as I'm the only one that first got to say suspense suspenders, you did. Mm-hmm. I beat it. I got I got there first, <laughs> at least in this context. Someone else has definitely made that joke because nothing is original. <laughs> Clearly. Suspenseful suspenders. Someone surely did. Worn by Spencer. Someone had to. Oh, there you go. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, like looking back on it, um, you enjoyed watching the episode. It sounds like how how much were you just kind of passively enjoying versus like trying to catch all the clues and and figure out what was oh, going I on? Always, I always try and catch all the clues. I, I love solving mystery. Like, I love trying to solve the mystery before the mystery has unfurled. Like you mentioned Sherlock earlier. I always tried to <laughs> deduce things or, you know, induce things, whichever before he said them to the screen. So similar with this. How'd you do? Was there anything that you felt like, oh yeah, that's totally what I was thinking? Um, It was more so just that I knew it was her, but I didn't catch, for example, the tape on the elevator. I didn't really put that together yeah. um, until later. That was kind of a fun reveal. I think the, the, the body turning was an interesting one. I liked, I liked the analysis of that and the freeze frame and watching it orient how she would have fallen and mm-hmm. all of that. So... It's nice how how visual they are able to make some of this stuff because they're drawing it. <laughs> I, I put you on the spot with that. Unfortunately, like I had read the summary of this and we had both seen the episode before, so we can't claim to have solved it because it's at least somewhere in our subconscious. Yeah. Maybe you solved it the first time you saw it, though. So oh, I'm sure we, we did all, We all solved it. <laughs> in theory, we are all detectives. It's yeah. true. Hey, I still aspire to be Harriet the Spy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anything else like in terms of your experience watching it? Did it remind you of other stuff you've seen or I just say it's a good time. People wanna 
watch 20 something minutes of a animated mystery, this is a good way to do it. Yeah, this is a good one. That's why there's a gajillion episodes of it. Exactly. And uh, yeah, I don't think sometimes they crank up the suspense a little bit, but it's not that it's not too frightening usually. No. So would you watch more episodes? Yeah, I would. Absolutely. Especially if I got to banter about them with you two afterwards. (laughs) Hot dog is a food. Okay, Noah. (laughs) If you are eating hot dogs or want to comment on today's episodes, you can send that email to dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com. I don't know which one of those is more likely. Or if you have drawn any designs for Ron to wear, which she will never get to because she will never get to be a model ever again, uh, please send them to us and I will describe them on the podcast. Are we sure they haven't done a Ron is going to be a model plot oh, they, ever again? they probably did. <laughs> we, we may not have mentioned there's now a thousand episodes of this TV show. And Oh, he, you just did a second movies. ago. I was listening. Yeah, I said a bajillion. That's not specific. Yeah. But if someone did submit them, they would not be worn by her in the actual show. So it's That's still true. worthy of sending them. But Michael can wear them when he does his Ron cosplay. Ugh. How am I going to get my hair into a giant triangle, Noah? No we one can. We will make can. it happen. We will make it happen, Mike. You're going to you're gonna tell me they're not selling a Ron wig? It's probably super expensive. Well, now I'm going to Google Detective Conan, Ron, cosplay. These are all conservative hairstyles. Oh, there's a stupid triangle one. Oh, boy, it's stupid looking. <laughs> so, someone tried, and that's the most important part. Oh, we're looking at a picture. Triangle hair. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, yeah, that is that is not something you can do with human hair. <laughs> it's supposed- I don't know. Start, start growing that hair out there, Mike. Yeah. We'll work on it. She's definitely, there's actually several wigs of it just as a spike, but it's actually supposed to represent like wavy hair, like going up and down and out again, mm. like in like these like very large bangs that just got more, I don't know, uh, exaggerated as time went by from the artist's style. Kind of the way uh, Yugi from Yu-Gi-Oh's hair goes boink, 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 boink in the same way. Totally. We're, we're, we're getting distracted very <laughs> easily now. So I think that means bef- before. So I think what that means is I need to ask Rachel, hey, where can people find you? Um, what are you up to and, and what should they check out? <laughs> They can find me taking long walks on the Google Trail. No. Uh, don't find her while she's doing that. That's yeah, her time. That. How That's dare weird. you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't find me. Um, you can you find her pleasant- on holidays or that on Sundays and holidays. Yes. Riding the elevator. <laughs> if you want to pleasantly say hello, that's fine. But don't come find me. Um, you can find me doing Smoke Break on Twitch. We just had a show. We should be having a show sometime in September. Hopefully... We will continue having shows after that. That might be our season finale. Um, I don't know the exact date yet for what September will bring. But yeah, you can catch me there. Um, And hopefully in real time on a stage someday soon, if the world allows for it. That would be cool if we could actually see live theater again. Um, Yeah, that's probably where you can catch me. (laughs) Smoke Break uh, being available at twitch.tv slash smokebreakimprov. See, thanks, Mike. <laughs> Never would think to give a URL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check it out. Lots of mysterious things happen on that show. That's true. Well, yeah, thank you so much, Rachel. Uh, we've had a pleasure having you on and talking about elevators and fashion design and... Seatbelts and hot dogs. Very happy to be here. Thanks Don't for- lend credence to the random things <laughs> Noah says. <laughs> <laughs> it already happened, Mike. Let me pitch an idea. <laughs> Seatbelts for hot dogs. You mean a bun?
No, because every once in a while, the hot dog just slides right out of the bun. Corn so dog. we need to strap it in there. Corn dog. No, it's called a corn dog. Yeah, but you can't eat a corn dog all the time. Sometimes you want a hot dog, but you don't want it to fall out of the bun. So you need a seatbelt for your hot Although dog. Although that's just going to lead to needing a seatbelt for the chicken Kiev too, Noah. <laughs> so this is going to become a really messy backseat. All right. We'll 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 think about this after the episode because uh, there's a couple more things I have to say. And and then, and then we've got to figure out what that tiger was roaring about. Mm, indeed. So, so we will get to that next week. We have some returning guests who are coming back to watch our first ever Detective Conan movie, which <gasps> is going to be movie number 21. That's the first one we're going to do. We skipped a bunch. You're welcome. <laughs> the Crimson Love Letter. It's one of the most recent movies released in the US in English. There's some really fun things about it. Um, we get to talk about some interesting parts of Japanese culture. And it's going to be a little long, but it's going to be pretty exciting if you ask me we already recorded that one and at the beginning of the episode i i swore that everyone listening would enjoy the episode and i think that's true <laughs> it's a big a bold promise you if you listen to it you will enjoy it speaking of listening to our podcast thank you for doing that um we really appreciate people that are tuning in and if you want to help other people find our podcast go to apple podcasts and rate and review us that lets people know hey someone liked this i might like this i should listen to it also wherever else you're listening to podcasts subscribe to us follow us um a couple other services also have options to rate us apple Podcasts isn't the only one keep listening to us on spotify do whatever if you want to connect with us on social media we're dying message podcast on facebook at dying message pod on twitter and instagram and you'll hear about our new episodes see screenshots and uh, all that good stuff and send us that email to dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com okay we're all huddled in the back room of the zoo because there's a tiger that's roaring what can you tell us about the mystery of the tiger's roar yes so when i was a senior in high school there was a poetry journal that we produced. <laughs> You're saying it with, with such a dramatic <laughs> flair. It's a mystery we need to solve, Mike. And it was called The Roar. And I submitted poetry to it. And only as a 20-something-year-old human, long after graduating high school, did I realize that it was called The Roar because our mascot was the tigers. So that was the mystery I solved. <laughs> <laughs> That is it. <laughs> Did you ever think it was an odd name or you're just like, oh, no, that's just the name of it. Whatever. That that option. Yeah. I just sort of was like, oh, yeah, of course. The Roar. Sure. <laughs> that's what we went with. Someone came up with this long before my time. And then years later, put it together. You gave us a few examples of this. And I have definitely done this before. I wish I could think of how. But it is like it is that moment when you're like, oh, my gosh, that's called that because of this. And you. Yeah. Are we sure it wasn't really named after the giant robot pilot slash part-time band presto mascot character fighter roar? (laughs) Was it not? I'm not sure. Highly doubtful, Mike. (laughs) Highly doubtful. Yeah, no. (laughs) My school's yearbook might have been called The Roar. Our mascot was was the Wildcats. There you go. Same reason. Cat. A wild cat was roaring. How many different uh, school mascots can roar? You've got tigers, you've got lions, you've got wildcats. Are there bobcats? Could, can board, uh, Can bears roar? Bobcats. Could oh, a bear a roar question. technically? Or did, would they, they just growl, like growl? I think you would say. That would yeah. be the growl. 
Mm-hmm. But the growl would be like the thing that comes before the roar. Like if they were screaming at you, what would you call a bear screaming at you? A screaming bear? Terrifying. <laughs> the most terrifying thing I've ever encountered. <laughs> thing that you really don't want to stay and analyze while you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. I would Jaguars. call it, ah, I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. One of the board games I played yesterday had bears in it. Which one? It's called Cascadia. It's about the wildlife in the Pacific Northwest, and you're making habitats for them. Sounds good to me. Yeah, it was fun. There were there are bears and foxes. And Why are you hawks. echoing, Noah? That no, stopped. I don't know. I'll sort it out. Okay. Uh, there are bears and foxes <laughs> and hawks and salmon and salmon definitely don't roar. Uh, or do they? Ugh. <laughs> oh, you go underwater and you hear sound. Is it just the salmon roaring? Mm-hmm. We were playing with my friend's nine-year-old, and she kept calling the salmon salamis. Oh, that's the cutest thing. I love that. <laughs> and my friend was trying to be like, "They're called salmon," and then we're just like the two of the two of us that were adults that were playing with them were like, "Well, salmon are kind of shaped like salami." <laughs> I would just get chaotic and start saying like, "Oh, the Solomon Grundies, the uh, the Sam Hams." The I would just start saying all kinds of things. The Sam Hams. Any other? I should have come up with two things before I started saying that statement. Go ahead. Any, any other good like school <laughs> mascot business at your school? Not that I can remember. It really was just the tigers and. I think that I'm trying to think what our yearbook was called. Now you're just going to make me want to figure out what our yearbook was called, but I don't remember off the top of my head. I think it may have just I think it may have just been called like the yearbook. I don't think it had a name. Mine is in this room somewhere, but I don't know where it got to. Mine's in a box. It's all good. One day I'll tell it to you when I find out. Yeah, yeah. Solve that mystery and and keep us posted. I will, and I'll keep on solving obvious things. Yep, I was right. Our yearbook has been called The Roar since like 1966. Yep, it's because you're the Wildcats. You know, I don't I don't know that I really thought about it before. <laughs> See, I hope that this helps a lot of people recognize why the names of the books associated with their school were called The Roar. Mine are just called Memories, I have now found out, which is not original or meaningful. Please email us so that we can let Rachel know. It's also yes, very do. weird how easy that was to Google. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Email emailed the podcast purely to tell me how many of your high school books were named The Roar. Due, and then tell us what your mascot was that was correlating with it, please. And we'll create a national database of high school publications called The Roar and the various school mascots. That go with them. I agree. And that closes the case on this week's Dying Message, the detective anime mystery podcast. Episode 48, in which we install seatbelts on hot dogs. Podcast cover art created by Miriam Bloom. Music excerpted from Solve the Damn Mystery by Jesse Spillane. Thank you again to our mystery guest, Rachel Benjamin. Coming up, what is Karuta and why would it drive someone to murder? How extreme of an action sequence can there be in a Detective Conan movie? Is anything cuter than a chipmunk? All that and more when we next examine the scene of the crime for that fatal note. The Dying Message. Uh-oh. Oh, extend call? How much does it want me to pay? Try it free for 14 days and then be charged $7.99 a month until let's January just Let's jump calls. All right. All right. I'll do it. Hold on one second. <laughs> no, don't, don't do the up. Do the new call. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. Premium video meetings now free for everyone.
down. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Will this fun jump get edited out, or are we just gonna? Yeah, I'll get edited out. Yeah, oh, okay. most likely. If you feel like editing out the fact that I clearly didn't know what murder she wrote was, I wouldn't be mad about it. <laughs> <laughs>